Welcome back, everybody, to Kill Time. I'm Kane. This is Travis and TJ. And just before we get into this episode, I just want to say thank you to all of our continued supporters and our continued friends, family, and fans that we have out there. Uh, We have now surpassed over 1,300 listens across all our episodes, with our latest episode actually being our best so far and amassing the most listens and views uh, in terms of all our episodes, uh, which we think we raised the bar pretty high with that uh, with first guest Troy there. Uh, That being said, I do want to knock this out of the way early in the podcast. If you or anyone you know owns a business or a company slash product, we would love to help spread the word. Uh, So feel free to reach out to me, Travis, or TJ, all on our socials. Uh, On Facebook, I'm Kane Wilder, and Twitter is Wilder42K. If you guys want to go ahead and plug your socials now. Uh, Facebook, I'm TJ Van Buren, and then on Instagram, TJVB0423. Facebook for me, Travis Frazier, and uh, for Instagram, it's actually also Travis Frazier because I just changed it. There you go. He finally knows his handle. Uh, We just we want to help you guys grow as much as we want to grow, and we can guarantee you impressions not only through this podcast but through my stream and YouTube channel that you guys will will be able to provide you with a little bit more marketing than than what you have right now uh, across now five different continents or sorry four different continents. Uh, Is it no? Is it four or five now? Because we're North America, South America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. So the only place we aren't, I guess, would be. Antarctica and Australia. Make sure they tune in. Yep, okay. we we locked in Africa this last episode, uh, but I do want to get into one thing real quick. We have this fine young gentleman right here next to me, uh, and I just want to introduce him real quick. We have our our second guest this week is someone near and dear to our hearts, a living legend among amongst men, born in Berkshire, New York, a man who has lived and built everything he has around him. My father. Paul Wilder, a.k.a. Pops. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hi there. Uh, yeah, I'm Pops. I'm Paul Wilder. Uh, grew up in Berkshire and uh, come down to Tennessee for a couple of days, and uh, I guess I got roped into this. <laughs> He's a little nervous. I'm kind of forcing him to do this. See, I made him. I made it aware that he was going to be doing this a while ago, but uh, I kind of didn't really spell anything out for him. I just kind of ran with it, and uh, here it. we are. Um, nice. I'm trying to get this untangled here a little bit. That way we got a little bit more reach. It's not going according to plan. There we go. Look at that. Now we got some room. Now we can reach the mic over there a little bit better, Pops. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, we had a really good episode last time. Uh, we got Pops here this week. He's a little nervous. He He's never on camera. He never really has done anything like this, so that's exciting that's for him. He's excited. Uh, Do you guys have anything off the rip you want to ask him before we start getting into the hard-hitting questions or anything like that? Oh, man. I don't have Uh, anything to ask him, but I do want to say, for anyone who doesn't know this man, he is a living legend. I don't care how how much he downplays it. He knows it. We know it. And you're going to know it. Yeah, you're going to know it by the end of this. You'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I guess really the first question is, uh, after you introduce yourself, um, you grew up, born, what, 1967, so you grew up during the late 60s, early 70s, uh, what was that like in terms of growing up during those decades, uh, in terms of what's different today in the way, say, you were raised and 
us three might have been raised in the world you walked around in school like all that like i know it's kind of a big question but that's that's really the underlier you're our first uh generational guest you can generational i can hold the mic all right there we go got the mic what's the difference we had i don't know we had cartoons you guys you guys grew up with this power ranger stuff and i mean we had things like i want to say scooby-doo and uh there was the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour was on Saturday oh, yeah. mornings. Uh, the buses, school buses didn't have the big seats like you guys had when you were in school. And trust me, the bus driver could whoop your ass if he wanted to or she wanted to. <laughs> when you got home, your old man took care of it again because you were meant to get on that bus and behave yourself. Um, I don't know. We didn't have none of this. Uh, you went outside and played. I mean, we played, we played uh, sports when sports, when summer come, it was baseball or softball. When fall come, we played football in the old fields around the house, in the woods. Um, nice. A lot of guys hunted. I, I didn't ever get into hunting. Uh, we had dirt bikes, snowmobiles. Uh, it's like today I asked Kane about what's it like having Christmas with no snow. I, we only ever had one Christmas with no snow in in berkshire and me and my brother rode our dirt bikes all day i mean we, there you get, go. we got in trouble for not being home for christmas dinner because the family all come because we were late but it was like i don't know 65 66 degrees outside we just rode all day just romped through the woods and the fields um i don't know tv was different you guys got a lot a lot more things going on we had to play outside that's what there was uh, was outside. You didn't. You didn't have this. We didn't have games. I mean, our our first game was Atari, I believe, or it was ColecoVision, because it was was there. I mean, my wow. brother was way into it more than I was. Um, but yeah, that's that's the world was a different place back then. Um, I don't think we had all these cycles running around that we got today. You know, <laughs> I can tell you that. I know that we didn't. I mean, you could. If you needed an adult's help, you could trust them. That or some people say, well, it just wasn't recorded like it is now. You know? Um, oh, yeah. No, lot, that's lot more, a good point. I had a lot more respect for adults than the kids today do. So that's, that's the that's best true. I got for you, bud. All right. I mean, that's definitely probably the biggest uh, difference is honestly technology. I mean, I think all three of us kind of grew up on the cusp, maybe more me and Travis, Grew up on the cusp of, like, the internet age. Being born in 97, yes, internet and everything was still a thing, but, I mean, you can ask my sisters, like, when I was growing up, 2005, 2006, 2007, like, 10, 12, 11, 13 years old, I was sitting there thinking that, man, I'll never have a cell phone. What do I need it for? Like, I, like I'm chilling. I got all my friends right here yeah. on our street. Like, I was playing outside in dirt with Hot Wheels, riding four-wheelers, like, like my dad just we we don't hunt we we would go fishing like once a week twice a week in the summer like just random things like that and um it i think that is the drastic difference between today's generations and even just our generation was we grew up outside still but during the mass explosion of social media the internet and video games like it it really blew up when we were kids and we we're the first generation, I would say, that that is, like, 
I'm trying to think of the word, like intellectual when it comes to just all technology. Right. Yeah. Like there's shit we all don't know, but we know basics. Whereas like We're kids like, like, like Jake and Emily and like Slate and Crub will know, like obviously far beyond us, but that's one thing we were talking about it last night with music yeah. is I was like, how do people just stop trying to find new music? Just settle with say when they turn 25, stop listening to anything but classic rock or anything like it. It's the same thing with that is I think the reason why I think that is the technology age has driven me to constantly want to learn new things and constantly stay updated with what's going on and all that shit. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of how I feel in terms of, our generation because yeah. i mean us three are really that gap between millennials and gen z in my opinion is there isn't that that like 97 to like 2002 is like that five-year gap of yeah that internet explosion before kids were born and they're born into cell phones at six years old like i was gonna say we're the yeah. last generation that was still even even outside. with your even with your vehicles there was a difference i mean 97 yeah. to then um, things change yeah. big time. I mean, oh, if you yeah. look, you to me. So me and Travis sell cars. We we get in everything. We get in brand new twenty twenty twos, all the way back to to the nineties cars. Like we we hop in random shit all the time. And I hopped in a fourteen Impala, and I mean it's an LTZ. It's hard loaded for a fourteen. And I was honestly shocked. Like no touchscreen, no backup camera. And I'm like, man, just in the last eight years, how far that technology and cars have come. Is kind of wild crazy because that's almost like standard now. Yeah, I, every car oh, has yeah. a backup camera. Yeah. Even like an, yeah, even an XL like F one fifty. My dad just said the buses. Like, I I mean, you're talking a sixty six passenger bus has a backup camera now, and and a sedan in fourteen didn't. Uh, the buses have side cameras, front cameras, rear cameras. Um, they even wow. have a camera that points at the cargo bays. If you have cargo bays on the buses, that points right at the cargo bay. Yeah, you don't believe the things the drivers can see now. Are you talking like cargo bays? Like where, like if I went on a butt, like for baseball, you'd throw your equipment? Really? Points right down, points right down at it. Yeah, so so the driver can see if any of you kids are are opening are, are opening the door. I mean, there's been incidents where uh, a kid went to put something away, opening the cargo bay by himself, and he shouldn't have been. The driver or somebody should have been there, but and the bus started moving. So think about it. Not good. Wow. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely makes Yikes. sense. Uh, also, Yikes. we're doing this live on Twitch again. I forgot to mention that. Aiden just resubbed 24 months, 22 months in a row. That's fucking insane, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out to Aiden. 22 months in a row subbing to the channel is fucking wild. Um, Damn. Yeah, that, that's wild. Um, moving on to the second question uh, is, what was it like simply just living during those times? So... I mean, you're talking, you were born in 67. You're going into, at least in my opinion, the real explosion of the muscle car era. You're talking the largest events from... Magic. From, is coming <laughs> up, you know? you're, you're talking massive events in sports, massive events and changes throughout the world. I mean, what was it like, like for the people, for the cars going through that and seeing that and becoming a car guy in that world. Well, as you know, your your grandfather wasn't real big on sports, so sports didn't really ever mean anything to me till like fourth or fifth grade when the other kids were paying attention to it because their fathers 
father played for the Colonials or, yeah. you know, that's when that all, I mean, I played, but as far as knowing sports teams, it didn't mean I knew more, I knew more about a, a, a 74 Cuda than I did about any football team, baseball team going. Uh, the cars, well, I'll tell you how this works. When I was little, Friday nights, everybody, your grandfather at one time was known as the small block man. And on Sundays and Saturdays, they would race at Lebanon Valley. So Friday nights, everyone would show up at your Nana and Pa's, yeah. and your Pa would be tuning cars. Uh, there was a 68 GTX, a 70 ARA Cuda. Uh, one of Pa's cousins had a 68 Z28 with the 302. Um, they were all all nasty cars, and they would all show up at Pa's. We'd run down to what? Now is going to be Glove City Pizza, which oh, used to be Leonzo's. Um, my mom would go down and get like 12, 24 cut pizzas because the yard was just full of people getting their cars towed. And my father would go through each car and then they'd back them out in front. And I know you know where my mom and dad's is, Travis. They'd back them out in front and my father would light them things up like you wouldn't believe. And I mean, they would just eat rubber. Um, wow. So <laughs> it wasn't really 67. Everything was after yeah, like 74 yeah, like that I remember because 70. I was too little. But yeah, right. you know, all them cars were in the yard. But That's wild. 67 Chevelles, we had everything. Hey, your grandfather had a 65 Impala SS, yeah. two door convertible, 327, Ooh. 300 horse. And then he had what they called a sleeper even back then. It was a 66 four door like a pea puke green with the same color interior, bench seat, four-speed Muncie with a 396 in it. And it was a nasty, and I mean, it had, oh we had my God. high tires or had the little baby moon hubcaps. It looked like grandma's car was going to the grocery store, and he would tear people assholes with it. Then they would oh, just go because it come out of nowhere. So, yeah, no cars were great back then. I mean, not that they're not today, but... Yeah. You had to They're work on the them same. then, but there was yeah. you didn't put in a computer, hook the computer up and <laughs> and, and punch. I mean, my old man was under the hood. You know, distributors were coming out, the rocker valve, rockers were being adjusted, valve covers were coming off, playing with carburetors, you know, they were doing everything. We had ladder bars, they were setting suspensions up and all that. The things today, I don't know. I'll take the old school any day. I mean, you guys, your cars are quick, the magnum's quick, but can't you do know, anything to there's only so much you can do without, you know, only so much you can do without getting that computer out or putting a chip in yeah. it. Yeah. Where my old man had to figure all that stuff out. Yeah. And I think. Well, I think I speak for Kane and TJ when I say this. When I hear stories like that, I mean, especially from you, but, you know, not just you, from a lot of people, you know, your age or around your age. I wish I was back in that time. Like I say it all the time. I wish I was yes. born sooner because that just sounds like a hell of a better time than what it is now. And you say yes. about that time. You talk about that time, and I wish I was. I wish my was not that I want to be my dad's age, but I wish I was around when the fifty fives and the fifty sixes were running. Oh, the fucking Bel Air. Oh, oh, Vista, Vista Cruiser oh, is by man. far a car that I hope to own one day, man. That that station wagon is just. The fucking gorgeous, but a Bel Air, like, even when you see them today, you're like, damn, they were doing something fucking right. Like, a sexy-ass fucking car is just wild. 
that Pa like grew up around that. And like you said, with with older to newer cars, it comes down to technology, like you said, just over the past few years. But if you I mean, nothing beats beats a carburetor fucking three three fifty fucking four oh two fucking oh my god. Like yeah. they're they're going away with them. And I mean I, I get it. It's too soon, but I like you can't. The cars are always going to be there. They'll be around. Like all the cars yeah. that have been mass produced over the past hundred years, aren't just going to fall off the face of the earth. Like at what point? This is kind of an off track question based on what we're talking about. Is at what point do you think like there's just not going to be a gas powered car on 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 the road ever? Like there's no, I don't even think that's never going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. The answer to your question is, is when the government says we don't make parts for nothing, 10 years old or older. I just, I can't see. That's a valid. Yeah. They're not being a gasoline powered car out there. Like someone's going to be out there making parts. As soon as that. Yeah. Like runs out. When do you think gas stations are just going to become like electric fucking charge stations? Like all of them would have. There's no way all of them would be because you don't need them everywhere like that. But I just can't think of a time where there's just not going to be a gas powered car somewhere driving in the United States. Like the amount of car guys that are just into gas powered cars like. You the way you grew up, Pa grew up, I grew up, Travis and TJ are all fucking drastically different. But something we all have in common is like Travis with the Skyline R thirty R thirty two R thirty four. Like we all want that that type of car. We all want a gas powered. We want to fuck. I want to hear a rotary engine out of a fucking Mazda, even though I'm never gonna fucking own one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can how can how can we just get rid of them? Yeah, I tell Lindsay all the time, myself personally, I'm never going to choose an electric vehicle. I want an engine. Yeah, yes, like, sir. I can see myself like, having one, and I, I really like the new Dodge that they're coming out with. One, I'll probably yeah. never be able to fucking afford it. <laughs> and two, I would still want a fucking combustion engine vehicle, whether it be a fucking, fucking a Yukon a fucking suburb, like, I don't care. It's got to be something that I can just, Dude, I can have. If I'm putting 60 grand down on, like, a car like that, you better be able to hear it around the corner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be sitting next to you and you don't even know I'm there. Yeah. So, no, I will never, as long as I possibly can, I will be driving gasoline-powered cars. Well, so so I told Ken uh, and TJ this separately and obviously your dad doesn't know, I'm going to get an Infinity this week. It's a V6 twin turbo. So with us being younger, like, the twin turbos are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like, a, a V6 <laughs> nowadays can compete with a V8. With, with right. yeah. But, oh, yeah. so my point is, you know, that's not going to stop me from ever wanting, like you said, like, the Skyline. That's that's my end goal. Like, if yes, I get that, that's a dream. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Like, I agree. Like, it, it, I can't imagine just going pure electric. No. no. I, I, I don't see it happening, and I almost went to school for fucking biodiesel. Like, 
was like, yeah, it's a, in in my lifetime. Eventually, we're probably gonna need something. That's but the at, other the, thing. at this point, I'm I'm 24, gonna be 25 in two months. They're saying by 2035, no brand new gasoline or diesel combustion engine cars will be able to be sold. Brand new is yeah. fucking astonishing to me because in 10 years we're still not gonna be ready for it. Well, aren't they? Aren't they? So they stopped. Um... The Dodge, right? They stopped making. Yeah, like twenty twenty three is the last production year. And I think that's happening for Chevy too. They're not making che- Camaros anymore. Chevy's going. That- Chevy, I think, is going to complete electric by twenty twenty five. I thought. They got out right now. Yeah, I mean. They got four out right now. Yeah. The Silverado, the Blazer. They they still have the Volt. They got the Volt. They came out with a Cadillac Lyric. Yeah. Chevy's got a bunch of. That's one thing. It's like Buick and GMC haven't went that. They haven't announced anything for Buick or GMC. Oh, well, I guess they announced the Hummer. But, I mean, that's a fucking 160000 fucking brand new right now. So, who's fucking yeah. buying that? No yeah, one. Not fucking me. I can tell you, not no. me. <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> but that kind of leads into the, the next question is, again, Pa, you, me, Travis, and TJ have all grown up differently. Uh but growing up around cars has basically been your entire life uh, in terms of knowing, living, breathing vehicles, uh, owning stock cars, building some of the baddest trucks in New York State uh, ever. What's some of the favorite vehicles you've ever owned? And I'm pretty excited about this. I think I know two of them. But what are, like, your top five vehicles you've ever owned and been like, yeah, that was a fucking bad bitch? About- <laughs> <laughs> what was the top five? Top five you've ever owned? Let's no, say owned or driven. I want to tell you owned what. Owned or driven. What you forget is Dad's first vehicle was a male Jeep. Yeah. A 74 male Jeep. Left-hand side drive, not right-hand side drive. Which I traded. I, I traded. No, it was the vehicle that carried the mail from Gloversville to Albany every day. Okay. So it, that's had, it had a 232 straight six. With a torque flight transmission with a nine, nine-inch Ford rear end in it. Jesus. And if oh you know God. anything about Jeep, um, when we pulled the valve covers off, and you guys don't know, but the valve cover, we pulled the valve covers off, and the head looked like it come off a Cadillac. They were twin rockers for each cylinder all hooked together. Um, it wasn't badass. It wasn't fast. It was it was a male Jeep. It was baby shit tan when I got it. I painted it 69 tangerine orange, and we called it the crate, the orange crate. And you don't know, your mom learned to drive on it. Jimmy Green learned, took his road test on it. Wow, holy shit. Uh, I didn't know that. The stories that Jeep could tell alone. Scott, yeah. Scotty Seeley can tell you some stories about, and he was a little guy, like four yeah. or five. Uh, wasn't a badass vehicle. The next vehicle was my 68 CJ. That I bought out of the uh, other end of Gloversville by the high school from Bernie. I bought that. I bought that from Bernie Smith. It was a 68 CJ. Didn't have no engine in it. Um, We towed it, flat towed it home. Uh, Mickey Fellman had a Buick V6 special out of his mother's car. It had real low mileage on it. We put a Offenhauser high-rise intake intake with 650 double pumper dual point distributors headers it run only on uh what we called back then aviation fuel and i had to buy it at roats and vales mills across where uh 
you know where the brewery is now, boys, on the corner yeah, in yeah, Vales yeah. Mills. Across yeah. from there oh, was yeah, a yeah. garage called Roach, and he's the only one that had it. I used to have to drive there, and back then, aviation fuels was two dollars a gallon, which I think is like eight. eight it's probably like fourteen dollars yeah. a gallon now. Um, that that Jeep was bad. My wife will tell you how bad that. I I got clocked out by the old Votech racing the uh, old 350 rocket. I got clocked at 104 miles an hour. And we're talking we're talking a 68 CJ5, 1215 groundhogs, no power steering. I had one of them little, not chain steering wheels, but one of the real tiny ones. Um, that that was bad. And then the next, there's only there's only going to be them three. Was my 84 Chevy. Um, I mean, my 78 Chevy was bad, but my 84 Chevy, your sister was little. I got rid of that when we got the house because I couldn't pick you three kids up. It had bucket seats in it, so I couldn't haul through all three kids. So I got rid of that. But that's there, there's not five. I mean, I. You don't my, have another two that you've driven and been like, this is a bad fucking truck. My dually's bad for what it weighs. And that was going to be my guess. Your, your Magnum's Ooh. bad. But yeah. I mean, for what so, the Magnum weighs, the Magnum's bad. You know, you're so talking legend, almost... I got a question for you. All right. And for everyone that doesn't know, I never call Paul Paul. I always refer to him as legend. It's always been there. Every time Paul comes out of, comes out of my mouth, it sounds disgusting. It's Anyways, weird hearing you say it. I'm going to be honest. Just yep. right now. So, obviously, you prefer the old school models of everything, but are you against, like, turbos? Are you against the newer cars that come out in any way? But I work on things that have turbos every day. You forget what I do for a living. What? No, I know, but I didn't know. We, we have big I turbos. Need... Like, are you at, are you, no. is there a little piece of your heart that's a ricer? No, I'm not a ricer. <laughs> I am not a ricer. Um... No, I, I, if, if you're talking about that, you're talking about that, dude. I'm not a ricer. Um, I know they go. I know some of them four cylinders are real quick. Um, when I was a kid, we used to go to a place called Gladrad Sand Drags, and there was a guy that had a. It was a Jeep body, but it had a four cylinder Pontiac in it. Um, and it was a like a sand dragster. And that son of a bitch was bad. Oh, shit. He'd go yeah. down that drag strip, that sand drag strip. It was like a blur. And it was only a little four-cylinder Pontiac. I couldn't tell you what was done to it. I just know that thing was bad. I was like, I don't know, maybe 10. And we used to go like every other weekend and camp like there. Uh, oh, that sounds but, sick. Um, They're nice, but I'll take Kane's scat pack any day. Right. <laughs> you know the answer. So... Oh, yeah. So, you've told us some wild-ass stories uh, that you've done, shit you've experienced uh, over the past few years alone uh, about just shit you've done. But I want you to share a story with, with our family and community here that you just, even though you were there or did it or experienced it, that you just straight up cannot believe is true. That's a tough one. That's a tough question. You ain't kidding. It's That's not a good like question. it's not like putting me on the spot. Something that no, I did yeah, that can't believe thinkers. Can't no. believe I made it. You can't believe either you've done it, you experienced it, like something that you you were there for that you just can't believe is true. That I did. Yeah. I can do that. I can give you a recent one. 
Okay. <laughs> we, we were out to the ring of fire on the Sacandaga. Okay. This is all new. I don't know this. And I was, okay. I was, I'll tell you boys, I was loaded. And it was, it was one of them, it was one of them labor days that it was hot. And I had my oh black my. jeans on and I had my Chippewa, insulated Chippewa boots. And I looked at, looked at your mother and I went, I'm going swimming. So here I go in the lake, fully dressed, hat on. <laughs> a bottle of yingling in my hand and I'm walking and I'm going, man, this feels good. And I'm walking. Now I'm up just above my belly button. Dumbass. Forgetting that we're at the Sacandaga. It's full of rocks. I bang my knee. Over I go. I'm in the water. My hat is floating. And you can ask your mother, my beer is in the air and I'm under the water like this. And I come up and I went, I saved my beer. <laughs> and I'm yeah. soaked. I ended up riding home in the car. We got stood by the fireplace the rest of the night. I was no longer warm, let me tell you. Drink my beer. I don't know if, if Hillary come to get us, but somebody come to get us. I got up to the car. I rode home in my underwear because I was still that wet. Um, and that's that's probably be all this before all the other all the crap happened yeah. you know the arm and all that yeah i probably would have drowned bud <laughs> if it happened the day i drowned you'd, you'd be coming home dad drowned in the sack and dog but hey he saved his beer not a drop of water ask mom not a drop of water went in that bottle awesome. um uh, that's one that i can't believe i made it through recently okay you know um Others, but I don't know right off the top of my mind if there's anything. What's a car one? Like, like something. A car one? Yeah. Oh, a car one would be, we had changed the master cylinder on my Jeep. And on the old Jeeps, the master cylinder was under the floorboard. And it's not really that I survived. It's really that the Muffin Man survived. We, were, we used to go on what they called hog runs. Down in the city. You had to find the ugliest girl and get her in your car. And then go up and down Main Street and then drop her back off. <laughs> well, we were coming home. It was beer time. So, it's always beer time. Hold up. Slow down. What was the time? Well, we couldn't, dri- <laughs> we were, couldn't drive with beer. We weren't even supposed to have beer back then. Um, Ed was in front of me. He had an old Corvair. I had my mail Jeep. Davey Ward was riding with me. We come up just there where the new mobile station is uh, that used to be Mandetta's garage. Yeah. I hit my brake pedal, and it went right to the floor. I reached down and grabbed the emergency brake, and I ripped the handle right off of my hand, and we ran in the back of Ed. I watched Ed come from the front of his Corvair damn near right out the back window. I mean, I walloped that son of a bitch. And that's all I could think is that I killed him. Um. The best part of the whole story is we got Ed's car back to his parents, and probably within the end of that summer, you wouldn't even know that car been hit. And I mean, I railed that thing. Carfax would know. (laughs) The Carfax would know. Carfax would know. Yeah. (laughs) You could even get it on. I don't know. It was. It was like a. It was a late Corvair convertible. That's all I can tell. But it didn't. I didn't even get a scratch in the bumper on the Jeep, and. uh, the best part was is the cop, Jeeps. the cop, I get the Jeep, your grandfather comes, 
And the cops, he's ringing, he's going, you know it's a felony to drive with no with no brakes? And I want, bud, I, I, I had brakes. What do you mean? Wasn't my I, plan. I, we can charge you for a felony. You've been driving around with no brakes. I said, I didn't have no brakes till I just went to stop for that stop light right there. I just thought I'd give it a shot. Like, I just, just I'm afraid I'd see if I could still stop it. Yeah, so, hey, oh, you're, I'll stick you're, my foot out. The old man the was hot. Fucking Flintstone that bitch. Yeah, yeah no. I just slowed I, down like a trust me, I tried to Flintstone and it wasn't working. <laughs> so, but that's really not me. That was, I mean, it's you were still, there. Yeah. it was just hard to believe that it happened, you know, and yeah. that that kid was all right. Because, I mean, I I rolled the back, of, I bet you I rolled that back bumper right to the back seat of that Corvair. It was just, <laughs> and he come out of the front seat and was in the back when we finally stopped. So, God. yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Holy. That's two stories I've never been told, which shocks the fuck out of me. There you go. Live that, on that air. Happens, man. I'm glad that I just heard that story. What? Now we have that forever. Trev, one of the craziest car stories that I always think of when it comes to me and you was, bro, we were driving back up to Canton. And Brenna was following us. Tell me you remember this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you do. So we had a lot of party favors on us at the time. Trying to go back (laughs) up for the semester, you know. Illegal substances. Right. Yeah, they caught on, Trev. But uh, we are driving up. She's behind us taking forever, bro. She's going like... 45 it felt like dude no way i had to slow down to 15 miles an hour for 15 minutes we were at a slow crawl buddy I, I yeah dude i was just we're like where the fuck even is she bro so then we're, we're just driving down she finally catches up to us and all of a sudden she slams on the brakes this car drives by us slams on the brakes and then Brenna pulls up to that car and pulls over and Travis and I are like oh shit like what what even happened so he well, well, no, at first we thought it was a cop remember yes yeah we did so Yikes. you know a little nerve wracking right so then we pull over and all of a sudden Brenna calls Travis and was like hey I think that was just hit a deer so then travis slaps it in reverse <laughs> dude i've never seen a car go backwards that fast in my life i didn't know i didn't know the sob could manage that <laughs> faster backwards than that thing could forward you know what i mean oh yeah so he pulls right up to brenna's car and he pulls up right behind this woman who hit the car and the deer is right in front of travis's sob Still struggling, you know, still kind of alive. He gets out of the car and runs over to this woman's Jeep. And I don't know what happened from there, but. Dude, I I saw that engine. I saw the back of it. I mean, the entire thing looked like a shark bedded, dude. It was all just right in front of your face. I couldn't believe she was alive. I mean, God forbid, but. Bro, so I'm sitting there. This deer slowly, you know, gives up, meanders right? off. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was laying. It was fucked up, buddy. Like, <laughs> no, it was fucked up, it was, buddy. It was not going nowhere. 
And I watch this thing die on the side of the road. And Brenna comes up to me and she's like, hey, so what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. Travis is over there. I mean, they're talking, so she must be all right. And then she goes, I remember Travis said, yo, she's calling the cops. And or something like that. Brenna asked me. So so this is what happened. I, I was talking to the lady. And I was making sure she's okay. And she starts calling the cops. And like we said before we started this story, we had some of, business on us. A lot of stuff. I said, I'm really glad you're okay. I have to go. We got to go. Got to time tripped, for me to get out. Out of here, bro. Took the fuck off and not even like three minutes. You see two cop cars whip by us with their lights on going over back down to where we just were at. Damn. And obviously, I was like, do you need anything? Are you okay? If so, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 we need to go. The fuck? But that was, that was one of the craziest car stories, probably. I've, I have two kind of crazy car stories. One's like kind of just a dumb little short one. Me and Travis were driving up to Canton. We were, we were pacing each other behind each other. Good ways. <laughs> like, we were cooking, like, pretty we quick. Were, and... I mean, I wasn't paying attention. I was just going, I was probably going 80, like in a 55. Like I, I was going pretty good in the Magnum. And all of a sudden I look in the mirror, mirror, rear view mirror and there's two state troopers lights on fucking cooking behind me. I'm like, I'm fucked. Oh, fucked. Shit. I am fucking cooked. Travis is nowhere to be found. I pull off. I'm like, yep, here we fucking go. Haley's like, this Jesus Christ. I pull off. fucking fly by me i'm like god that's got to be something fucking pretty important to not fucking have one of them stop and sure enough there was like this giant fucking fire but i waited for travis to come up yeah i thought i was fucked that day the next one is i was in the magnum me and matt we were kind of just showing it was the last summer we were home so in 2020 uh i was like matt let's go for a fucking drive bro like let's just go around the lake like you know, we don't get a ton of time just to fucking chill. Let's go for a drive. We're both off. We hop in the Magnum. We go cruising. We get up to, like, Edinburgh. Like, right... So, you know where, like, uh, the Department of... A- not Agriculture. Uh, like, DEA is in Northville? Yeah. So, you have, like, the Big Lake, Little Lake, and then right around that corner. Gotcha. Is that? Yeah. We're coming up that hill. We go down. The next hill we come up is, like, goes around a bend and goes up. And there's this guy. He's cutting down a tree, like... I- at his house, like, right at the road. And here he is, and I'm going to fucking stand up and reenact this because it's the only way I can make it make sense. It's like, he he fucking... Yeah, hold that for a second. (laughs) He's like, gnawing at this fucking tree. And all of a sudden, like, so I'm on the side of the road. Like, the road is right behind me. And he's fucking start cutting it. And it's like, it's probably, like, that big. It's probably, like, it's a decent-sized tree. Nothing you can catch. Which leads me to this story. As he starts cutting it, and it starts coming right at him. And he looks up, and I'm fucking coming up the hill at this fucking tree that's about to fall on the road. Motherfucker tries to grab the tree, and it's coming, and fucking, he backs out of the way, like, chucks himself out of the way. And when he chucks himself out of the fucking way, simultaneously the tree is falling in the road. It's a good thing nothing was coming in the oncoming lane because I fucking jerk the wheel, go around, a fucking limb bounces up, hits like the little fender, like not anything like crazy damage. I pull over, I pull up, he was like, hey man, are you okay? And I was like, are you fucking okay? You just tried to catch a tree. 
He's a fucking... He had to be 60. I'm like, you just tried to catch a tree. And he was like, yeah, man, I didn't think it was going to fall that way. I was like, why are you cutting your own tree, sir? It doesn't seem like you have the experience to do so. (laughs) And mind you, Matt's with me, and he's like, man, like, what were you doing? And you know Matt. Matt's pretty, like, calm calm collected guy he doesn't like fucking get mad around other people and he's like what the fuck man what were you trying to do that could have fucking killed us like it would it would have landed on my fucking hood across the engine bay if i didn't fucking swerve and yeah so that's that's the other fucking stupid ass car story i have is the time me and matt almost lost our lives to this guy trying to catch a tree I have a I have a quick story for you guys. Me and Lindsay were heading back up here to Plattsburgh from my house, and we went up towards Speculator Way. So you get on Route Eight or Route Nine, I think it is right there. Mm-hmm. And down down the ways, it's probably about thirty miles. You start to get those sharp corners, and there's 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 this one that goes over a bridge with all these rocks. So about a mile before then, I'm ripping like ninety. In 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 Lindsay's Toyota Camry, I'm I'm going. Like it was straight there, and this cruise, this guy in this cruise passes me, dude. Going like, he had to be going one twenty. I mean, it was it was fast. Like and I was flew going, by, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. passing you going ninety. Yeah. So like, Jesus. Myself, I speed up a little bit, and then Lindsay's like, "Hey, a turn is coming up. Don't go so fast." I was like, "I know." Like, I got brakes. Yeah. So we start, so I'm like 40, 45, and we start to go around this super sharp corner, and I see that same cruise flipped upside down. The guy flipped his car, and he flew out into the ditch across the uh, guardrails of the road. Let me guess, you just kept driving. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, So all of a sudden, we just see this guy, like, so... There was the guardrails and the ditch, but it was super steep, so we just see the guy, like, slowly crawl up, and I was like, well, you're alive. (laughs) (laughs) Honk the horn. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hope you win. Like, we called an ambulance and everything, but it was just one of the craziest things. Like, it was raining that night. This guy just, you know, one minute I see him fly by, and the next minute it's literally on the roof of the car. I was just like, Yeah, that's wild. Yikes! Yep. Um, I haven't I haven't been driving very long, you know, but well, I mean, I this cra- is all stuff that you don't think you'll ever see either. Yeah, you know, like, it's I mean? something you'll probably see in your driving career, just not like, dude. The craziest thing I had so far was a sheriff almost fucking side smoke like t bone me pulling out onto the highway, onto the highway, bro. Lights on, this cop fucking hauls ass out of there and i'm in the fast and i gotta skirt all the way over and then he gets in front of me and i go back and i take off and he looks at me and just kind of hits me with like that my bad and i was like yeah the fuck it is (laughs) and then i take off and he pulls over some other dude and i was like he didn't care bro i was going well yeah mutuals man i mean he almost just killed you he's got to be like yeah i gotta let him fucking slide like Dude, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, I got to quick get out of jail free. Let me hit that. One yeah, let me fucking over. hit that Bedusi real quick and get on out of yeah. here. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, the next question I have for you, Pops, is uh, it's been kind of our family's name for a long time. 
uh, as blue collar workers, working on cars, factory workers, whatever. Uh, why do you think our family ever got into said field? Um, I know we don't know crazy much about our family's history, where we come from, whatever, but, um, what do you think led us to like Fulton County working on cars, like that type of shit? Like your, your personal opinion, if you don't know. Somebody had to do it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, somebody had to do it. Um, my great, my grandfather, then your great grandfather was a mechanic, a bartender. He boxed and he worked in the mills, cutting leather. Um, there was always a rule after that when your grandfather was born that uh, he wouldn't work in the mill, and he did. And he that's all he pounded in my head is that I couldn't work in the mill. Um, no, wasn't wasn't to be a fighter or a boxer or which why would I be? I got stubby arms and I'm short and squatty. So, <laughs> um, and and i guess it just it's where where we fell but i mean the family come from the come from the north as far as i can tell from what your grandfather has told me uh and like i said somebody had to do it it was handed down to me you know that it's what my father taught me to do um i could have been anything else in the world probably but um i spent a lot of time in garages with your grandfather so it just i guess i picked up on it quick enough that this is where I made my life. Yeah. That's the best answer I got for you because, like you said, there's really not a lot of history. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the thing. So the reason why I asked that question is recently we got our thing for the census uh, in the mail, and that's, like, one of the questions for me is, like, okay, what's your, what's your ethnicity? And it go, comes up as white. And then under the white tab, you have to select, like, basically what nationality or heritage you are. And I was like, fuck if I fucking know. I was like, the only thing I know of would be German or Dutch, and neither were options. And I was like, I fucking put Italian. I couldn't tell you. Like, I was like, I, I don't know, like, what where I come from or anything. Right. I really want to do, like, one of those 23andMe or, like, whatever the fuck they are, DNA tests. Like an Ancestry.com or something? My cousin, Uncle Donald's, one of Uncle Donald's daughters, Tammy, did the thing where we come from. Yeah. Um, she explained it all to me, but it was all... Yeah, that's why I want to do it because like I need to. I'm. It's, it's one of those lot. things where I'm gonna need to see it my fucking self. I'd be like, okay, yeah. I can understand it now. Um, and that's really like like you said, I've tested on the stream multiple times. <clears throat> I I swear all the time, and I know it's a bad attribute to have, but I I attribute it to always being around people that swear. Like always, not growing up thinking it was okay to swear, but. I instilled it in my head like, hey, this is normal talk. This is normal conversation. Yes, there's a difference between professionalism and fucking locker room talk like we're sitting he around here bullshitting. Um, but I attest that to being growing up in, in a garage environment, just always being outside around you, around Pa, like just working on shit. And like just that type of language was just always present, like cussing like a sailor or whatever. Dude, I'm telling you, there's yeah, and I and I never, floor. until I got a little bit older, I never like swore around you guys. I mean, until I was really 18, I don't think I ever just walked out and would have a conversation where I said "fuck shit, bitch, whatever" to you and mom. Um, yeah, I I swore when I played video games, but I would never walk out and just have it be a part of our conversation. Like I said, difference between professionalism and conversation. Um, yeah, like when I go to work, I don't swear, but while I'm home, I do. 
Um, and, and to me, like on stream, I list as family friendly and I swear. And yes, swearing probably isn't the most family friendly thing. But I, this is the way I look at it. I don't control the people who watch my stream. I consider swearing somewhat family friendly because I don't go out there saying like severe words. Like, do I say fuck shit, bitch? Yes. Are there worse words to say? Yes. But I don't think if you're 13 or 12 watching, watching this and your parent gets mad at me, they should probably reassess what they're doing as a parent, letting their kids just unruly watch things like this. Because I would say I'm probably the most uh, censored swearer when it comes to my stream. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. let people say certain words, even when they come into my stream. If they say something, I'll be like, hey, you can't fucking say that. Like, yeah, I mask it with another swear, but you know what I mean? You can't, you can't come in, in there and do certain things. Um, and that kind of leads into the next question. Like you said, being in a garage all the time is work. Yeah. What has, what I'm getting this point across. I, it, I thought of it like two minutes ago, but I was going to say there is not one motherfucker on the planet that can and work on a car and not swear. Yeah. At like least it's impossible. Something. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's going to be one bolt that won't fucking turn or just something. And there's no way someone can keep a level head the entire time. Yeah. Without stopping a ten millimeter across the garage, or or losing yeah. your fifteenth of the month, like. <laughs> so again, that that also leads into this question: Is what has working on cars and buses and diesel trucks done for you? Like, where has it taken you with your experience? And more importantly, what has it done to your body over the last 30, 45 years of your life? Where has it taken me? Well, I raised three good kids. We got a good home. That's me. I got a good wife. Uh, I pretty much I don't have new things, but I pretty much can have anything I want. It might not be brand new. Um, I don't have a thirty thousand dollar hot rod or an eighty thousand dollar hot <laughs> I mean, rod. I would but, say you have a thirty thousand dollar hot rod. Well, yeah. all right. I don't have an eighty. <laughs> I don't have an eighty thousand or hundred thousand dollar hot rod, but I've had the pleasure to work on them. Um. And say, I worked on that once. Um, or I built that. Yeah, or I helped build that. You're right. Uh, what has it What has it done to my body? What hasn't it done to my body? Uh, <laughs> I have uh, an autoimmune disease that you know of that they can't prove where it come from. Um, and the immune disease I got is like a $3,000 word. All I can tell you is that my red, <laughs> my red blood cells eat my muscles. So a lot of times I'm on steroids until I go back into remission. Um, it's almost like having lupus or some type of cancer. My mom's I got it, a similar. I fight it every day. I go to work every day, and Kane can tell you that there's not not very many days, unless it's vacation or uh, some doctor's appointment, because I see a lot of specialists that I'm not at work other than vacation. Um. I've been at the job I'm at now for almost 27 years. I was at the job before that for 10. Um, and then before that, I worked for three months on garbage trucks and said, man, this isn't for me. Um, other Before that was with my father. So, And that experience doesn't count no place with nobody. As far as, like I said, my body, my body's tore up right now. Kane will tell you my, my right arm from probably 
my shoulder to my wrist is black and blue completely around um i saw that went went to the emergency room they told me nothing was broken and i told them no shit but something's wrong um in 2017 same arm 2017 i was upstairs at the shop moving tires and taking brand numbers off of tires and i stood one straight up 10r225 big truck wheel and tire um big ass yeah wrote the number down <laughs> caught it falling out of the corner of my eye why i grabbed for it was set on a pile of four so it was probably about four foot off the ground it was halfway over i reached with this right arm grabbed it by the center of the rim stood it up and put it back where it was and fell completely to my knees i tore my tendon cuff my rotor cuff one side of the bicep off the top of my shoulder that they never could find when they did the surgery Oh, so I think what's happened is this part of my bicep where it's hooked has ruptured and possibly come off. Um, Damn. We couldn't get in anybody till the 14th, which is next Friday, because I will not any, let anybody in none of them butchers in Fulton County are touching me. Um, <laughs> I went to Saratoga the last time, and the only reason that happened is the doctor I went to come in. She put her arm on, hand on my shoulder and said, Mr. Wilder, can you raise your arm? I said, well, only so far as I stood there like this. I put my arm out. I don't know. I might have went maybe to here, not even. And she goes, all right, put it down. You got a torn rotor cuff. And I went, you're pretty goddamn good for telling me what I got when they just took all these x-rays and nobody seems to know what's wrong with me. I looked at my wife and I said, we're out of here. You're taking me to Saratoga. And we went to Saratoga the next day. I was out of work for five days, argued with them, and went back to work. That was February 21st of 2017. The following Monday, I went back to work, and I worked till May 17th because uh, June 6th, they operated on my shoulder. And I was still going to work with my arm across my belly in a sling. Um, my boys took good care of me, the guys that worked for me. Uh, I was had regular babysitters. So I would get yelled at if I was doing anything oh. um, like I do now. But, yeah, no, um, and that's, you know, and I told you that long before this happened, you were in high school, and you said, Dad, I, I don't want to go to Votech no more. And I said, you're going to Votech because you're going to learn something that you can always fall back on, and I've always told you that you weren't going to be a mechanic and not to be because it needed to end someplace, and it ends with me. Um. <laughs> There's no reason. My dad's all tore up, and he's 78 years old, but he's tore up. Yeah. yeah, for what my father's been through, I should have known better, but um, heavy equipment is no place for anybody to be working, oh, but somebody got to do it, so we carry on. Yeah. I just know I go to work every day because I don't want no excuses. So let me ask you this. This is kind of, I just actually just thought of this. Um it's not really like a deep question. It's more of a certain jobs like have time limits of like tenure you can put in. Like being in the army after like 20 years, you get full retirement, like fucking whatever or whatever, whatever the year is. Do you think in that type of field there should be some type of, hey, after this many years, like you gotta you got to move to a different role of say like, manager of like the booking like i don't i don't know what a fucking title would be but 
you being head mechanic for fucking however many years or held the title at least for that many years uh, and now just kind of stepping into the office role after an injury, do you think maybe there should be a time limit? Like, I, not that I know how they would implement it, but do you think that that should kind of be a thing or is it just like, hey, if you can keep going, keep fucking going? I'll, I'll give you my perspective. If I could keep going and I could be out on the floor every day doing what I always did and not being, I mean, you have to remember, I was only there two weeks and was the head mechanic. Yeah. But I was the only mechanic yeah. until we come and then so on and so forth. Um, I'd be out doing what I was doing. They wouldn't have, you knew I run the office back then. I ordered the parts back then. I did the yeah. scheduling back then. But I also worked on the floor for six hours every day. And then whatever the rest of the time was is I did my rest of my job. Today, the boys let me, I tell them they let me tinker. And they'll tell you that they let me do more than I'm supposed to. But that come from the higher-ups after I got hurt. They didn't want me doing nothing anymore. And I said, I can't come in here and not do nothing. Um, You know that you know the things I do at home that I'm not supposed to do. Um, So, no, I don't think there should be a limit. If you're able, regardless of your age, to get out on that floor, and I'm not saying you should be dropping 300-pound flywheels and all that big shit by yourself, take one of the young guys and let them come to help you or teach them, show them. Take the fucking help. That's it. Take the help and you can get it, but don't, you don't, you don't put old workhorses to the field. You don't, you don't stop an old hunting dog from hunting and you don't make mechanics lay down when they can still do what they've always done. Um, it's good when the boys come ask me questions and I and I get pat and pissed at them. And it's like, I feel they should know and then I remember. Well, you know, they haven't been around this long. And I get up and I, I'll go out and say, all right, this is what you're going to do. And it happens. It does happen every day because I got a couple good guys. So, But it does happen. And I don't know, sometimes I think they're fucking with me, you know. Let's go. Let's just go bug the old man because he doesn't look like he's doing anything, and and that's all right. But <laughs> it makes me feel good. But no, no, no. If they can do their job, unless they want to be in that position, they need to be left alone. Let them do their thing because being a mechanic or a technician today is more than pushing a button on a laptop. That's right. Nobody nobody wants to do manual labor no more at all. Um, no. So the old guys are going to, it's just like truck drivers. You realize how many 70-year-old truck drivers are out there now because nobody wants to I do see. that job? I think, I think I just saw something about that, that, like, it's 50% of truck drivers are, over, are in retirement age from, like, 55 to 70. Another 45 or, like, 35% of them are between the ages of, like, 45 and 55. And that only like ten oh, percent of truck drivers are again. These stats are probably completely wrong, but it was like a wild fucking number of truck drivers are between the ages of like fifty and seventy. Like, and that's just that's just driving that's truck. That's not working on them. That's not. And I'm not downplaying being a fucking truck driver because that shit's hard. But I'm just tough. saying in general, like that's just doing that side of it. 
is fucking insane that it's yeah. that many. And granted, like baby boomer generations, whatever, but give me, a, give me an example. Give me an example right now. We lost a mechanic in at Easter time. I've had one guy apply since then. One guy. And the ad runs every day. Nobody wants to twist chrome no more. That's all. That's how I look at it. Nobody wants to twist chrome. Nobody wants to get dirty. Um, they want to walk in, hook a laptop up, push a button, go, this is what's wrong with it, and have the laptop fix it, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm not a big laptop yeah. man, so pretty much. Yeah, it seems like mechanics are almost turning into, like, engineers at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even about you got to be able to work software more than what you know on a car and it's crazy yep that's it but you still got to have somebody that can do that work exactly um, always you know, will there's guys like me that i i'm so close to retirement i don't want nothing to do with that laptop i'll, <laughs> yeah, do, the, I'll do all the other shit and i'm the old guy you, you go ahead and hook everything up and play with that crap um yeah and sometimes i would say almost most of the time I can pretty much diagnose it without the laptop. I've been around long enough. I, was, I can imagine. I, was, yeah. I started started doing it before there was any electronics and watch the electronics come and places I worked for, we just didn't have the money to have the lab, the laptops or the handhelds. The I had no <laughs> yeah. choice but to learn how to do it uh, the hard way. So a lot of, a lot of the times it's just me. It's not so guessing. It it's that's it. Like, it hey, wasn't. It's not me guessing. It's oh, I've seen this before. Is what right. it is. And it's going on experience and and back knowledge and going. This is what's wrong with it. And then having them come and say, "Well, the laptop. I just told you that's what was wrong with it." So right. And that's how that works. So the next question is: Is obviously been we've mentioned it that you've worked in worked and been around cars your whole life. When was the first time that you think? Like, cars really interested you, like, at a young age when you were like, yeah, yeah, this is, like, this is this about is to be me. As far back as you can remember. I mean, I know it's, like, an easy question, but, like, just thinking, like, do you think there was a distinct moment where you were like, fuck yeah, that was dope. Like, that was you awesome. Know, what was, of, what was the breaking point? But, I mean, I couldn't. There was a lot of them. If I was going to say right off the top of my mind right now, and it wasn't my dad's car, it was a guy's that it was that it was that GTX. The old man, I was in the front seat. My little brother was in the back seat. Dad pulled out in front of the house, and from Nan and Pa's driveway to Progress Road, anybody that knows that distance, we cracked we cracked the top of where the log cabin is, Mister Fonda's cabin. We cracked the top of that hill at 145 miles an hour. And that some bitch was shitting and getting. We were moving. That, that is, was like. Dude, that's moving. The uh, next time, there was a city engineer had a Porsche, a 9, 911, 914 was the ugly one. That's all I know. The back window was right square. Well, your grandfather right. used to work on that. The engine was right behind that window. I want to yeah. say it's a 911. I, I think, yeah. I we think went up Progress Road yeah. in that thing on a road test. We went around Progress Corner at like 160-some miles an hour, and that little shitting car was just eating. 
and your grandfather was giggling the whole time. He was having a ball. <laughs> that, he was banging gears. That car moved, and that was like another another time. It was like, man, this is what I want to do. Um, and then the four-wheel drives come. I used to go with uh, Pa's cousin, Tiny, through the woods out back and did a winter. And uh, then we started going to Gladrad Sand Drags and the, that's when all the truck shit come hit truck shit hit i mean big trucks big trailer trucks tractor trailers they were always i mean i learned to drive standard on a a, a pink international cab over and then a gmc astro so i mean big trucks have always been yeah. part of my life I, think. I do got a question though. This this could be for everyone. How? What is the absolute top mile per hour you've hit? Driving? 170. Damn. <laughs> I was I was like six years old. My father was that's, driving. That's still. Like what? <laughs> what? I can imagine moving that quick. Travi? Kane? Yeah, I know you the got fast, the fastest I've ever hit, like it. driving on open road, like four lane highway, was down here in Haley Scat Pack. I hit 161, like fucking cooking wow. in the left lane, like just weaving through fucking traffic. Cooked. 161 is the fastest I've been driving. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, on the air. I'll tell you for a fact, it was in the sob and she was shaking like a motherfucker. But I got her up to 124, buddy. First first time I ever hit a hundred was in my mom's old Equinox that she leased at fifteen. I hit I hit one twenty five in the Equinox. Maxed yeah, out. She I'm wasn't going any further, buddy. That was it. <laughs> Dude, all I'm saying is hundred and twenty four and a sob that a hundred it had hundred and eighty thousand miles at the time. I was enjoying it. She wasn't, but I was. Yeah. Highest highest I've hit, and I won't say in what vehicle, but I think we all can guess, it was 132 on the your highway. Mom, what, your mom's infinity? What? No, Couldn't have been. Yeah, Couldn't have yeah, been. Yeah. No, no chance. No chance. No chance. No, no, no. no. no it was, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I keep it under the speed limit, Mom. Always, yeah, like three miles an hour under the speed limit, always. Three miles an hour under. Exactly three. Set the cruise. Yep. Dude, just, just rolling off of it quick, just to double back quick in the sub. I was really scared for my life, actually, but I was like, I was fuck a few it. Times. I, only, I only live once. I'm doing it. I, At least I, I'm I dying fast. Dude, I maxed it's it not out. speeding that my... kills you. It's that sudden stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I, I had my foot too deep lower, buddy. <laughs> um... The next kind of question I have for you is uh, one thing we've talked about on this podcast over and over is, is our family. We talk about our families in every episode. Uh, family to me, like, means the utmost. I always know, like, hey, no matter what, you got to turn the other cheek. I mean, yeah, shit pisses us off. We go through drama every day with our family, like, as, as every other family does. Um, what... What does family as a whole mean to you in terms of, like, you, you've given me your morals and ethics, and mom has given me hers of treating people with respect. Where do you think that came from uh, in terms of family? Who did I learn it from? Yeah. Like, where does that come from? From, from, from my parents and my grandparents. 
Um, you have you have nothing in this world that should ever mean more than your family. Whether you're getting along or you argue every time you see them, as long as they walk away knowing that you got their back, as long as they're right, that's all. That, yeah. That's what matters to me, and you know that. If you're right, I got your back, boy. Yep. But if you're lying to me, I'm going to stomp a mud hole in your ass, <laughs> and then we'll finish out what the rest of the business that needs to be taken care of. And, yeah. and you know that. That's the way you were raised. Family's very important to me. Um, there's not many of my generation or my elders left. Very few. Um, but, yeah, no, family, family's always been important to me. I will, like I said, you're doing me right, I got your back. You do me wrong, we'll take care of of that problem after I get done taking the problem, care of the problem with you. Yeah. And that's, so again, like I, I think it was either the first or second episode, like I brought up, like I didn't bring up anything specific, but I basically shot out, shot it out of the family. It was like, grow the fuck up. Like, let's move past shit. Like, and I think every family needs to understand that, that if, if it's able to be like reconciled and moved on and fucking fixed, it needs to be fucking done today, tomorrow, soon. Like, there's no reason that any anybody in any family should be fucking beefing this much. I have so much love for everybody in my, our family as much as I have so much hatred for everybody in our family, and I'm sure everyone can say the same. Like, me and my sisters, yeah. we don't yeah. always get along, but it doesn't matter no matter what when they call. Like, I'm going to answer and do what the fuck I can. Um, but... I'm also not the person that's going to fucking shy away from being a dick when I have to be and telling you like, Hey, that's not right. Do this instead of do that. Like, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat, like telling you how I feel just because you're my family or friend. And the two other gentlemen on this podcast can attest to that. Like, I don't shy away from that shit. Um, and that's just in part because like when I, when we were young and, we had our friends that, that didn't want to listen to us to advice and we were afraid because we didn't want to hurt their feelings. And now we look at situations that they're in and we're like, wow, we probably could have fucking helped this situation or made this better. And not just that, but seeing, see, I do that. I think that way too, but then I'm also like, they didn't want it. Yeah, you exactly, know? and have... that's what I'm saying is that it's made me realize to to just not fucking shy away from from telling Hill, telling Shauna how I feel, from telling my aunts and uncles, from telling Travis and TJ, like, hey, no, don't, that's not fucking right. Hold up, slow down, yeah. like, or, yeah. yeah, granted, I could probably attack it a better way than being an asshole, but that's that's just a little bit different. Um what what does what does family mean to you, TJ and Travis? What do you, what what does it mean to you when your family argues? Like, how do you guys feel? Like, not necessarily family, but family and friends. Like, what does it mean to you? Like, in terms of longevity, I guess I guess it depends on like, you know, obviously it's situational, like how serious whatever you know is causing tension. I guess 
But I think family, at the end of the day, you know, your dad said it best. If if you're in the right and you really need my help, I got you. I'm always gonna be there. I'm just, you know, I'm 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 a text away. But if you're being a jack off and trying to trying to use me for something or you know I'm going to help and that's why you're texting me, then yeah. it's a totally different story and you need yeah. to learn how to be put in your own place. For sure. Right. Uh, yeah. For me, um, so me and my sister butt heads probably almost every time we talk, unfortunately. It's been that way ever since we've grown up together. Um, but I'm, I'm giving her my cruise to use, uh, my car, because she doesn't have one and I... You know, I want to help her out like I helped my mom out. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not allowing her to, to use me for it. You know, she's paying me and we have like an agreement and stuff like that. But it's one of those things I, I learned at a young age that no matter how much you fight, they're still your family. Yep. And you need to get over the bullshit because there's, there's stuff that's just so much more important. Then arguing about, <clears throat> I don't know if you're bad with money or, you know, you're not doing something right. Like, help them out, get it done. Yeah, try and get them on the fucking right track, like, whatever it is. I did notice the older we've all gotten, though. We've put our energy into places we feel deserve it. Yeah. Like, maybe a couple of years ago when we were younger... We're trying to help out everyone. Yeah. You know, just trying to be that guy that everyone relies on. And then I, I don't know about you guys, but I got to a certain point where I was like, I don't ever fucking get it in return, man. I'm just, I'm usually just out here helping, you know? And I was yeah. like, I got to learn to take my own time, make mental peace with myself before I can try to, I guess, dish it out to other people. Yeah. For, for me, it's not even just getting it back in return. I think it was something, you know, with certain friends, I'm not going to name who it is. You know, there, there's a lot of different things, but someone said it before, I don't know who it was, that, you know, you can help someone so much, but if they don't help themselves... Yeah, they're a lost cause. Yeah, and... Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's, I mean, it's the same thing with everything. You can put all your energy and all of that towards, towards one thing, but if they're not going to do their part, it's pointless. It's, it's not a, it's not worth your time. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think that's a good segue here for our next question, uh, for pops here is you've lived a thousand lives, man. I mean, you've done. A shit ton of stuff in your life <laughs> is what I mean by that. What's one thing you wish you could have done up to this point in your life? What's one thing you wish you do you can do before you pass? And what's one thing you wish you never did? Wow. Yeah, it's Getting a little yeah. extreme here, buddy. Yeah, he's hitting you with more and more. What was the first part now? What's one thing <laughs> you wish you could Besides what I do now, like any like any activity, an event you wish you could have went to. Oh, I, I oh, that's easy. You you know that answer. I wish that I had to ask a long time ago when I had the '84 Chevy to build that pull truck instead of tinkering around today with what I do. 
Um, cause I could have changed that truck to a pool truck real quick. That was, that was, oh man, that was probably yeah. 10, 12 years. That's all I did was build that truck. Yeah. Um, in many different forms, it changed like every two, three years I changed what that truck was. So yeah, to build that, to build that pool truck that we go watch today, cause I could have been. I could have been that been guy. That's right. I could have been that guy. Orange Whatever. Um, and I would have to say that to... Uh, what have I done that I regret? I did. Man, there are so many things I can't even answer that. <laughs> there really is. Um, you know, for instance, what if I made mom come to Connecticut when I was offered the job? When I was, I would never met Travis and TJ. But I'm saying, when I was offered that job by International yeah. back uh, 39, almost 40 years ago, to start working at 20 some dollars an hour in Hartford for International, I regret that some days. Um, some days I regret that I left Price Chopper, working in the truck shop, and jumped into the frying pan of the school district, and then. <laughs> Those are probably the two biggest. I, I often sit and wonder probably once or twice a week. Well, you know, I didn't like Nashville. I'm glad you're happy here. Yeah. But Hartford was what Nashville is right now back then. Yeah. It was just I was I was a kid from I wasn't I wasn't from Mayfield, but you all know where I grew up. And they put me right. in the middle of the big city and I went, Whoa. There's, there's, yeah. there's four lane highways. There's, there's no some. The guy at the store that I'm buying my cigarettes from don't even speak English. I have to go behind the counter and get them myself, and then pay him. Uh, the first night, a kid got stabbed in the in the hallway moving a TV by one of the people that lived there. I mean, we Jesus. we were right in Gang Central is where they they put us kids, kids, diesel mechanics. I mean, we were there was only four white guys in the whole building. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not being that's not i'm not being racist that's i'm just like, telling you we brother. were the only four legit Trust and we me, were all from new york our, you should have seen our three asses up at suny canton yeah <laughs> uh we were there when we took kane up so i know but oh yeah you know yeah um those things i i like i said i can't i can't really tell you i regret them but i think about them once or twice a week um, where I would be if I had took that big job instead of coming home, going to work on refuge trucks for three months, taking a test at Price Chopper, staying there almost 10 years, getting called by my first bus driver was who was in charge of the transportation department, called me up and said, hey, uh, you interested in a job? My mechanic's retired. I took a big pay cut to come home, and your sister was little, going to start school. I knew I wasn't ever going to see her. Yeah. Um, so I took the school district job so that I could watch, at that time, see my daughter every day, not right. just Saturday afternoon, Sunday night, and then daddy's gone all week. We lived that life because my wife worked second shift when we first, and I, or my wife worked days, I worked second when Hill was born. So I had Hill every day. I would take her. I'd either be working at my father's or I'd be working in the junkyard. And here's this little girl running around the junkyard taking Velstem caps off of used car tires and putting filling her pockets. Um, 
you know, constantly looking out for her. And then I would drop her off at Aunt Brenda's, and Julie would pick her up an hour later. And then the next day was the same following thing, and it was like, listen, and then it was like, she's going to school. I, I got to right. get out of here. I'm never going to see this kid. So I think about them. I shouldn't say it's a regret, but I do think about the money. Um, and the truck pulling in, the, uh, whatever the other part of your question was, would probably be... Uh, go truck pulling. And you know that. I, I pulled this summer a little bit. Um, it's, I don't know where the desire to even come from it comes from to do it. It's just, I don't know, the drop of that hook, and when that box bangs the top of that, that sled... The world is coming on, but it's your you best be know what you're doing because you're either gonna make it or you're gonna tear shit to pieces. As far as that's how brother. I feel about it. But that's it. It would both be the truck pulling and then like I said, not taking the big job. Yeah. And I think and we and we talked about this last night, going through like prefacing all these questions to you. That way you're ready was like I took that jump of never being here never actually seen the apartment, not knowing what the job was going to be like. Me and Haley both made that fucking dive from from New York to Nashville with no family. Like, when you say, like, you think about that, all I can think of is, like, man, I wouldn't be – we wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't know Travis. <laughs> I wouldn't know TJ. Like, fuck, who knows if I'd even have been born because, you know, God-given miracle was blessed – Upon y'all yep. with with the situation. Like who knows it what it would have been uh if if you and mom had up and left to Connecticut, you know? Um which is it makes you sit back and think a little bit. You know? You say so, dude. I'm just you asked the question. I know. Well that's why I, w- I wanna know what you're gonna answer. <laughs> Uh, that was kind of the last of our hard hitting questions, uh, up until, you know, the last question we have for you. But, um, I guess the easy question I have for everybody here tonight is what's your dream car, classic and current. So classic, it doesn't have to be a car. It can be any vehicle. (laughs) I'm just saying car is an automobile. Uh, so dream vehicle, current and classic dream vehicle classic man you three aren't going to know what this is my dream vehicle right now today is probably a 1960 62 single axle b model mac and i don't care if it's got maxidine in it or it's got the gas in it that's my dream classic vehicle um New is going to be a real hard toss-up, bud, and you know that. New is a brand-new Chevrolet Dually diesel. Um, And I'm not talking about a 3500. I'm talking about a 4500, a 5500, a Kodiak, yes, with a pickup box on it. Or a Hellcat. And that doesn't matter if it's a Charger or a Challenger. That's all I can tell you. That's the best I can say. Uh, Travis or TJ, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. Um, All right. So for classic, I've had a, you know, because 
it's tough for me because I'm torn because I want to go like JDM, but then on the other side, I want to go like old classic muscle, you know? So then I'm like, yeah, what do I go with? Like, obviously the classics, like the Mazda RX-7 or like 234, all that shit. But if I had to really, if I had to really pick a classic, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go with RX-7. That car, ever since I was little and I saw Han and and I saw that thing whip around the corner, that was it. That was all it took. So probably that for classic. And then if I had to pick current, that one's tougher because, like, like everyone says Hellcat, but then there's, like, some crazy shits out oh, there I nowadays. Got, I got my current unlocked. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. But um, I'll get back to you on the current. Let me think on that one. Okay. Go ahead, Trev. Go ahead, Trev. My classic is uh, it's been one of my favorites ever since I was a kid, and I can remember what it was called. It's a 57 Bel Air. I, those things are just so crispy to me. I love them. I don't know really what it is about it, but just the look, everything about it. And current would probably I mean, be... just that fucking car, dude. And we talked about it earlier, man. It's just... Yeah. It is probably one of the sexiest automobiles ever fucking made. Dude, ever since I was, like I said, old enough to like remember cars, that's that's been it for classic. Yeah. And uh, sure. is probably a GTR R35. That's that's my dream. You car. see the R36 just debuted recently. I didn't see that. Oh, bro, look it up. Yeah, it looks badass. I'm back. Well, no, I'm doing it right now live. Yeah, R36 looks pretty nice. I didn't nice. know this shit released. Yeah, like just yeah. recently, like 24 R36. R36. It's going to be badass, yeah, bro. I just think that's... <laughs> My God. Yo, Trav. Show it, show it, because I can't look at it. Show it. Like, it, it looks like a 32 and a 34 mix. Wow. Yeah, it does. That's exactly what it looks. That's badass. Okay. Well... There's my answer, I guess, because goddamn. I think that car's nickname is the the Godzilla, and for good reason. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, For me, classic's really tough. I mean, not growing up in that age, but just growing up around all the cars all the time, going to car shows, like, for for weekends and growing up around that shit. Um, Three 100% come to mind. The first car I think I ever fell in love with was a 72 Camaro SS. Uh, I had a little white Hot Wheels that I had for fucking ever was a 72 Camaro. And it's beat nice. to shit. And I th- I'm almost positive I still have it either here or in New York still. It's beat to shit. Hood opened and shit. It was sick. It might not <laughs> even been a Hot Wheels. It could have been a Matchbox. Yeah. It w- either way, it was fucking sick. That was like one of the first cars I ever fell in love with was a 72 Camaro. Uh, second would be just an 85 C10, like my pickup at my grandparents. That's, that's, that's second. Third would be a Vista Cruiser. Um, potentially fourth. It's not necessarily a classic car, but, uh, damn, what's it called? Um, Roadmaster, a Roadmaster. I guess they would be considered classic, but you could put a fucking vet motor in them, dude. Yeah, like Dude, you an, could another uh, old car that I used to. You, have you ever seen the Rocky movies? No, I really. This is me being. Dead. I've uh, never watched a whole Rocky movie. Ever. That's 
Yo, I'm gonna be honest. Hurts my soul. I apologize. But he drives um, a Pontiac Firebird in that, bro. And it is the cleanest Firebird I think I've seen. That that specific one. Yeah, look at that. That's dope. Yeah, I mean that's that would be my four classic. Would be a Roadmaster. An 85 C10 lowered long, long box. It's got to be a long box. Wow, that's like real wood grain. Uh, yeah, Vista Cruiser, Roadmaster, an 85 long bed square body Chevy or a 72 Camaro. And then my okay. new age, no What's doubt, has been my favorite car for a long time. And Haley can even tell you this, like to a T, is a I brand new Bentley Continental GT Speed. <laughs> With the W12, dark midnight blue or baby blue with the black wheels, with the oak interior. Oh, he's got it. With the white leather. You know he customized it on the website, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be either. I guess I would settle for the walnut other than the oak. The, yeah, the, I would settle. The cherry wood, um, maybe. That, that is like I one day pray and swear that I will own a fucking Bentley Continental. I don't know if it'll be new, but I will fucking own one before I die. Current, I never said my current. Um, an Acura NSX, bro. That that could be used as classic, too. You think? Yeah, because Honda NSX was though. made in like the, the 80s or 90s, I think. Yeah. Late, early or late 90s. Which now, I mean, right. fuck, that's damn near antique, depending on the year. Right. Um, I thought they were still making them. I was gonna say a close second. The, they are still making them. They just so they stopped making them for like fifteen, twenty years, and then they just came back out with the NSX in like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Oh shit! Yeah. I don't know if this car is old enough to be classic yet. Yeah, I think it's a few years away. Maybe it is now, but it's a Eclipse GSX. Ooh. Yeah, that's like right those on are, the cusp, I guess. Yeah, those yeah. are close. But just because they don't big. make them anymore. But I, I just had to bring that up because working at a Mitsubishi dealership, they have the Eclipse Cross now. It's it ugly. Sucks. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's something that I'll always want. Um, we're about an hour yeah. and a half into this, so I'm gonna keep uh some of the lighthearted questions coming, so that way we can uh push this. My dad's getting kind of sleepy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a huge thing in the car community always has been. Is music. Um, growing up, you're, you used to always tell me your favorite movie was American Graffiti. Um, what do you think, like, what what does music mean to you growing up in the car community, growing up in a garage, always have music on? Because to me, music plays a huge part of my life. When Spotify Wrapped comes out every year, my goal every year is to have, like, 100,000 minutes listen to music. Um, and I genuinely usually eclipse that. I I'm I always have music on. I'm the person people come to for new music. It 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 means so much to me to just to have music on and at the potential of there being a moment where in a few years you're like when that song comes on, that's in your head. You're like, that's what was going on when that song yeah. came out. What does it mean to you? Well, you, you know better than anybody, music's always been a big part of our family. When wasn't the stereo on in the house? Yeah. When wasn't the stereo on in the garage? When wasn't the radio cranking in the truck? Yeah. Um, 
as far as music goes, I feel music is what drives people, drives the time, drives your memories. Um, yeah, you're having a shitty day, one of your favorite songs comes on, and all of a sudden, for the next two minutes, you're probably in the best mood you're going to be all yeah. day, and you're cranking some workout. The chromes, you're twisting the chrome just a little bit faster than you were three minutes ago, and you're thinking to yourself, me, I'm going to fix this bitch, and then when this song's done, this thing's running. Um, Like I said, the radio is usually... Mom will tell you, mom comes home and there's music playing someplace at the house. Truck radio's on with the battery going dead. My cell phone's damn near dead. The shed, the music's playing. There's music playing. Yeah. Um, even on the tractor, and I can barely hear it. Yeah. When I'm on the tractor moving dirt and shit, the, my phone's on Spotify. And something's playing. Um, and you know, I just about listen to everything. Um even have gotten to the point in life where I used to hate rap. And now, yeah, some of it's not bad. I mean, as long as I can understand the words, I don't mind. But when I can't understand the words, yeah. uh, why bother? Just get yeah. rid of the words and play them. Because sometimes the music's fine. It's the words yeah. that irritate me. It's like, what the hell Nowadays, did he just, yeah. what did he just say? That... I, that's not what they said. Just like last night, you said, Dad, listen to this. What are they saying? And I forgot what I told you, and it was yeah. like, it wasn't even yeah. close. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. no, music's always been a big part of my life. Um, I grew up, well, you know, your Nana played the accordion. Um, awesome. I had a great uncle that played the fiddle. Uh, my grandfather played the harmonica. I can play the harmonica, well, could. I don't know about now. I could play the harmonica a little bit when you were younger. I can play the Mission Impossible theme song on the harmonica. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, as far as music goes, uh, I can say pretty much music moves America as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if it's something you don't Absolutely. like, boy, you don't know what you're missing. For sure. Um, this brings us to a pretty lighthearted question. And I'm interested in how we're all going to answer this. Uh, okay. Your new crayon in a crisp 64-pack of Crayolas. What color are you? I couldn't tell you what the color is, but it's that new Dodge Gray that comes on the Chargers. It's called Smoke Show, just saying. It's called Smoke Show. That'd be a wild crayon. That'd be pretty fucking sick. What? Midnight Purple. Make it glossy. Make it glossy. It's got the metallic <laughs> shit in it. Yeah. Yeah, is it crayon or crayon? Crayon. Okay, cool. Okay, same thought I was going <laughs> to stir up something, but we all agree. Crayon. So. It's Crayola, but crayon. What mystical mother effing color would you like to be? Yeah, Travis. Red orange. You know that vibrant, like... Like a burnt orange? Like a, like like a, a grapefruit? No, it's like um like a sunburst maybe. Something like that. You like a burnt know, like, orange, like a flame. Like a yeah, like a Yeah. Yeah, yep. I would go with periwinkle. I don't know what that is. Uh it's like a mixture like between like blue and pink. Blue and pink, yeah. yeah it's no, fire, it's dude. A fire yeah. color. <laughs> I mean under underrated as fuck. That's a it's fire basically color, just a really light 
I mean, he said periwinkle like it's yellow, you know? <laughs> it's a fire color, dude. It's underrated as shit. Like, it's versatile. No, I know, but you just dropped it mad casually. Like, you said, because it, that's what I'm saying. It's underrated, dude. Everyone should know that color. <laughs> no, I'm with you on this. Periwinkle's fire. I just, I don't know if the name Periwinkle can catch on. <laughs> it you could know, definitely like catch on, okay? It's the All name right, of the I color. Mean, we'll try it. Uh, yeah, another another funny question. This is kind of cool. This goes back to music. Is if you had to play an intro or outro song every time you entered or left a room, what would it be? Oh my god. Bad company. Bye. Bad company. That's a good one. Wait, just okay. an intro like off an album you're saying? Intro or outro? Just yeah, an intro. It doesn't have to be like an intro like of a, the album. Like a wall any song, like it's when you enter room. the room, it plays. An intro or outro. So like it's either when you walk in or when you're walking out, you gotta play it. Oh, what is that name? It's hold on. Hold on. I can't think of the name of it. Honestly, bro, this is probably gonna be pretty basic. For you, Kane, but Rockstar in his prime by Juice World. That's a banger. That's a banger. Give me one second here. I think like, this is either gonna sound really. This is gonna be funny either way. Explosive by Dr. Dre. There you go. Off the. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I think mine would either be Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. Wow, that's bad or. As fuck. Or butterflies by Haley Steinfeld. Wow. I think I think that's what it's called. No, sorry, it's called starving. Sorry, starving by Haley Steinfeld. Starving. I yes. didn't know that I was starving. Banger, dude. Yo, this one's underrated, but um, staying alive would be a vibe every time I walked in the room. Let me. T- <laughs> Luigi's. Every time yeah. you walk in or walk out of a room. Burn out, bounce, bounce. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Let's be real. Um, this, uh, this is the last question. Uh, it's the one Troy left you. Uh, is and you've been struggling with this since you got here. You've been like, man, how the fuck am I gonna answer this? Yeah. Let's get it. So. What does spirituality mean to you? No, you don't have to repeat the question back to me. Just because I know it's hard. It's a hard word. It's not a good word. Oh, anyways, I'm going to be straight up. I had to look it up because I didn't even know what the hell it meant. <laughs> what was the definition? Because I don't know. It is many things, bud, when well, you look at... So well, many, it's basically whatever you want it to mean. It's, it's, it's basically whatever. <laughs> no, okay. it's, it's not what you think because when he said it, I was like... Well, yeah, Kane could have explained to this guy a little bit more about me and spiritual anything. So that's what I was going to go with. And then my wife looked it up. She found something else. And it's pretty much the word is what things as far as spiritual, not so much as a God or God, but uh, like what's family mean to you? Uh, in a spiritual sense. Um, so I'm going to just give you my first answer when I heard the question last week because I was rather pissed. <laughs> I don't believe in God, and I'm not afraid to tell anybody that. I believe in no superior beings. 
Um, yeah, I, I believe in I angels believe in because my mother was one. Um, and I know people aren't going to like that. I got family members that don't. But my mom knew that I didn't believe in God. I never have. And I'm gonna, I can explain to you why. And there's no way you're ever going to change my mind. I do not believe in a superior bearing, being or a God because the things that happen to children and the things that happen to women. And, yeah. and Travis, I'm not throwing this. Your father is an example. All right? Yep. The man, no. My mother didn't need to suffer for two weeks. If right. there's a God, and I was the God, it would never have happened. And I know, I know, yeah. I know we can't leave in an all-peaceful earth because we'll end up doing ourselves in. But there's nobody in that much control. I've been here 55, almost 56 shitty years. I ain't never seen a man walk on water. <laughs> I ain't never seen right. a man turn, uh, separate the sack and dogga. So when they can prove all this shit to me, and I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. Walt Disney wrote the Holy Bible. It's my opinion. <laughs> I down nobody else's. I don't down oh, anybody dude. that believes in God. And Kane will tell you, I usually don't preach politics. And I don't talk about religion. This is the I first time my ever. My family knows my religious views. But, I mean, they just kind of found out. And I, I don't know about Walt Disney, though. Was that dude... It's possible. That dude's frozen somewhere. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I Travis's whole face changed when I said that. And I'm sorry, Travis, I don't mean to make you it's think any less of me, body. buddy. Um, it's just my beliefs. And I don't put I never pushed them off any of the kids. Kane will tell you, we never talked about politics. I answered their questions when they wanted to know, and if I didn't know, I sent them to talk to my mother. Because the lady knew. And my grandmother what? that raised that I was around most of my life, my mom's mom was a Sunday school teacher. We didn't go to Sunday school because she taught us at home every Sunday, and I had a lot of questions that couldn't be answered. Yeah, well, my know, I want you to know that I think about it every other day. If there was a God, what like why would my father go through that? Like he, you know, he he took care of my mom in every way, shape, or form. Like he cut her toenails. He did every single thing for her. And you know, no one deserves that. So why did they do that to him? Yep. That's my point, bud. So and that that like you said, he didn't drive anything out of me and, it, and my parents were very open about hey, you form your own opinions, like let it ride, whatever, I'm not gonna bash you for your shit. Uh and they they do that with everybody, not just their kids, but I grew up, I didn't go to, I I couldn't tell you if I've ever even been to church other than I know I was fucking baptized, like I've never attended Sunday school. Like I've never went to a service other than maybe for a funeral or a wedding. Um, right. And that being part of it. Uh, and I wouldn't say I don't believe in God. I believe in science a hundred percent. Like I know the form of evolution, there's shit that backs it, but there's also gaps in the timeline, like all that shit. You know what I mean? Like I believe in angels and spirits on this it's planet. It's tough, dude. Because, like, yeah, like, I get it. You want to believe, like, there's something greater or something happens when you pass away. Because, like, I don't believe, like, there's some almighty person who rules everyone. But I do believe in, like, karma and, like, shit happens for a reason. 
I just yeah. don't believe that there's one dude with the massive puppet strings yeah, controlling that, all that's the where shit. I'm at is like I don't think it's just one guy overseeing like we talked about aliens and other life forms like we are not the only fucking thing in this universe no in this way. ever expanding universe there's no way if if there is a god or if there are gods why are we the only thing and why haven't we had contact and why does certain shit happen the way it does and, and explain the fucking breaks in physics that we know and all this other shit uh is what spirituality I think means to me of when I think of it, I think spirits. I don't think God, I think of spirituality as in what I truly fucking believe in of what I think in my mind is fucking real. Like he said, he, he thinks Walt Disney wrote the fucking Bible. Fuck. It could be. He's probably fucking frozen somewhere. The whole conspiracy of Walt Disney Company came out with the movie Frozen was so that when you di when you Google search Disney Frozen, is it's not fucking about Walt Disney being, being frozen, frozen somewhere in California. That'd actually be fucking genius. Like that's yeah, like that's the whole conspiracy theory behind <laughs> oh that. God. So fuck if I know that could be true. And right. going back to the Bible, I mean, it's been rewritten, redone. Over the past thousands of years, yeah. how do you know one person didn't fuck up? Okay, what? yeah, we have, like, old copies of, like, the old original fucking shits, and, like, there's 12 original Bibles that were handwritten by some fucking monk in the Alps, I'm sure. Like... Yeah. I just I don't know, man. Like I don't have a problem. Uh, who know, who who's to say that that shit wasn't written, and then it was found fifty fucking years later, wasn't an author, and it could have just right. been a fictional fucking book. Like, yeah, I don't know. Granted, there's probably fucking facts and stats and shit behind all that, but I don't care to look I mean, it up because, like, I don't mind that like other people have different beliefs. Yeah, like, you know what I mean, vibe on, but dude. Like, but don't come knocking at my door. Don't force it onto me because I will make you fucking look dumb at the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. You'll just have nothing to say. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think overall they need what? something to believe in, and I guess they go and find it. Yeah. The only thing I believe in 100%, and it's something that no one would ever change my mind on, is everything does happen for a reason. I've said it multiple times. I'll say it until the day I die. Yes. But everything has a reason, and yep. no one has an answer why. Uh, I do have one more kind of not really deep question, but one more question for you before we get into your question for the next guest. And for our positive statement is, if you could give one piece of advice to any of our listeners, what would it be, Pops? Stay true to your beliefs. That's a good way to follow That's up great. that question. Yeah, it is. That was pretty solid. Um, yeah, so that, that leaves us with your question for the next guest and for us to answer at the end of next podcast. What is He's your question, son? Sir. Oh, what is my question? My question is what... And I'm probably going to have to look at my phone because I want to make sure I say it right. Go ahead. What do you think of the current administration's EV agenda? And any other state's EV agenda. Just want to know okay. what the thoughts are out there. Okay. 
Well, because uh, our next guest, I'm sure, is probably going to be from from our age group. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting because I think me and you have pretty similar viewpoints on it uh, in general, and I think we all kind of think similarly. But I'm interested to hear what the next guest is going to say. Uh, this brings us to our our positive quote, and I actually have a video. It's just a short like Dane Cook quote, which I know it's wild that like Dane Cook Dane had Cook. like a legitimate fucking thing. But I just want to play this real quick. Between anxiety and excitement. And it's so fine that you start believing your your excitement is anxiety. Do you think that you want to back away from it truly? Or do you think that you're so fucking excited because you're going to win, but you can't look at everybody and go, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm about to fucking win! I'm going to fucking win! And I think that's fucking wild because yeah. I saw that the day after we posted our podcast is there's a fine line between anxiety and excitement. And do you really think you are so overwhelmed that you're anxious or that you're so fucking excited that you're about to win, but you can't tell people that you're about to fucking win? You can't just scream it out. You can't just be like, man, I am fucking pumped because I'm about to fucking rock this shit. Yeah. So that yeah. leads me to tell our viewers, like, don't let anxiety hold you fucking back. Social anxiety cripple you in what you're doing. Find a way to get out there and do it and prosper and just wish break. to succeed. Get out of your bubble. Yeah. Just break some comfort zones. I agree. You'll, you'll, you'll live to... Be glad you did. No doubt. Um, but that wraps up our podcast, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, yep. Pops, I do want to yeah, thank yeah. for having you on. Uh, I love Absolutely. you dearly. Thank you for opening up about things that you've probably never told a bunch of people and you're about to have 300 people listen to and hear your opinions on. Not that that's a lot, but it's a lot for us. Uh, and I just want to thank you and say I love you. I appreciate you. Not that you flowed down here just for this, but thanks for flying down just for this podcast, Pops. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, no, me and Mom flew down here just so I could see the boys on the TV screen here and uh, yeah, and and, and do this. Um, yeah, you came to say hi to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> but no, I like you said. I never did this before, and yeah, I was nervous. I'm a lot a little better now. Um, I just. I don't like to force my opinions on anything on anybody. Yeah. Um, it's my way of life. It's the way I see it. I'm not going to argue about it, and I don't want you telling me I'm wrong. Um, and that's where that what's called stay true to yourself, and I always have. I've, I've stayed true to myself all my life with all my beliefs, and I'm leaving this shithole the same way. Yes, sir. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, that this guy is a fucking... He is the legend the living legend himself uh but but again thanks everybody for listening thanks pops for stopping by uh i appreciate all of you and thanks for continuing uh to listen and show support uh but we will catch y'all in the next one peace